0: Hey, Carl. So what you're saying is when a new product's released, we should all move to it like lemmings off the cliff. Wait, that's not exactly what you said. Um, yeah, new products are not necessarily better than the older ones. I definitely think it needs evaluation. And I think what you guys are doing to evaluate Hyperborea before adopting it makes a lot of sense, especially in an ongoing campaign. My understanding is that ner- the monk is not going to be nerfed because... You can't nerf a class that's already nerfed. But from what I've read, from what he's written on the on the forums and in comments that the monk is actually going to be better than it was. The monk's getting an upgrade. I don't know exactly the you know, the specifics of the upgrade, but I believe the monk will be upgraded not further downgraded, making it worse than it already is. So, hopefully that helps and I will talk to you later. No, Jason, I, I did mean that you, like a lemming, go to the new shiny. I actually did mean that. And uh, I'm trying to think if there was ever... There was an adventure in the AD&D 2nd edition box set that took place in the Shadowdale area. And I think there was one instance where you were chased by lemming-like creatures out of the dungeon. Yeah, I think... The idea was not to stand and fight, but to run and then jump off the cliff into the the grotto, pond, lake below. Um, I can't remember. I think the players that did jump survived. The players that stood and fight, well, they got eaten by lemmings. And then the lemmings went over the cliff. So there you go. Interesting, right? So this actually brings me to a point that I did kind of forget. I mean, I talked about the transition from... 3.5 uh, to 4e to Pathfinder, and Pathfinder to 5e, though I'm not, or Pathfinder 1 to Pathfinder 2, though not really Pathfinder to 5e, although it seems a lot of, see, I didn't follow the crowd on that one. I, I, while I play 5e, we all didn't jump at it, and then my players like it, but they're divided on whether it's the best system. Actually, right now, my players think the best system is Warhammer Fantasy 4th Edition, but that's because we have the most fun with it. That's my home group. I don't know. I've never taken a poll as to what you all who play in my virtual tabletop games think is the best system, right? But I remember, right, so I got the Moldvay box set back in 79, 80, I guess it was 80, right? And soon, I mean, I had the monster manual too, or I found the monster manual. And then soon, we made the move over to AD&D First Edition because it was suggested that the BX rules, the basic rules for, for kids, and we wanted to be adults. And the AD&D First Edition had, you know, the, the adult-like art, right? Um, I don't know. It's very interesting, that switch and that transition. And then we... We were playing a long term campaign of, of uh, OA, which I mean, I guess that's a supplement for I should have talked about that as a supplement, but OA was a supplement for ad and first edition and we were in the middle of a long term campaign when second edition came. And we kind of sort of switched, but we really didn't. I think we only switched because we did like a crossover from our OA campaign into Alcadem and that's when we switched. And some people had some people kept their OA characters and other people made new Alcadim characters. So that's pretty interesting that of the evolution of moving from one to, one game to another. And then when 3rd edition came out, I think I hadn't been playing AD&D for a while. I think I was running other things, a lot of hero system. Um, that's a big one too, right? Hero 4th to 5th, and then 5th to 5th edition revised, and then 5th to 6th, and there's a big drop-off. So a lot of people really thought that 5th edition revised was the pinnacle of development for Hero System. And 6th is something that people don't like, like you have to buy everything instead of having derived stats. So it gives more flexibility, but more fiddliness too, right? So there you go. That's pre-Pathfinder my moves from one edition to another. So, and I guess because there's a big gap in playing D&D and I wanted to pick up D&D again, then I just jumped into third because that's what was there. Hmm. We did play a long term, long third edition campaign and modified it as 3.5 came out. Hmm. And we actually did one time switch from 3.5 to to Pathfinder. So, at some point. Just because it worked easier and it was better for paladins and priests and barbarians and bards. Uh, from, among other things. Anyway, more on moving from one system to another. Thanks to Jason Connolly's prompt. Friday started a new Savage Worlds mini-campaign of East Texas University. Go Ravens! This game is a Savage Worlds game where the players play college students at a fictitious university called East Texas University, which is in Pine Box, Texas. So there are a lot of small universities in East Texas. This could be anything from uh, Sam Houston State, to Blinn College to, well, those are the first two that I can think of. There are other ones that are around there in that area um, of East Texas, north of the big school where they say Gig'em for sure. And uh, my players seem to be very excited. I have Jason Connerly of Nerds Variety RPG Cast, Shay Webster of Roleplay Rescue, and Arlen Walker of Live from Pelham's Wasteland. We play on Friday at 1 p.m. Central Daylight Savings Time, which is also, I believe, I want to say 7 p.m. British Summertime. That might be correct. I think we're six hours behind, maybe eight. I'm not sure. Someone can correct me. But I give you these times because saying that, we could use one more player. We don't need to. We will continue on because it's really fun and i have some great players um but uh we could i could field another one it's a neat system if you like savage worlds and it's there's a fun sub game where you sort of take classes in the background and then try to uh, figure out ways to add to your role at the end of the semester so you can then pass your exams and you get extra benefits from doing that. But it's neat. It's like, uh, I would say it has a feel of sort of, you know, Angel and Buffy, right? So college age kids fighting against the supernatural. Um, And we had a really fun session. So I'm running through degrees of horror. But what I like about degrees of horror is that it gives you sort of like a an adventure that can last through the whole year, freshman, sophomore, etc. But that's not the only thing that happens to the players during the year. There are other shenanigans that they get up to much like, you know, you have an overall arc and theme in these shows like Buffy, the vampire slayer, but occasionally you'll have like a, an episode that doesn't necessarily contribute to the overall story arc, but contributes to the development of the, of the characters in the, in the teleplay. So uh, we have three characters. We have uh, Shay is playing, uh, well, I'm trying to think by how I can describe the. So Shay is playing Thelma, who's basically modeled after Thelma from Scooby Doo, kind of that background character that is very smart, um, probably solves most of the problems, but never gets the credit. Then we have Arlen is playing Jack, who's a local kid, um, just trying to help and be a support to everyone. At least that's the way Arlen wants to p- suggest that he wants to play him. And then we have um, Jason's playing Daniel D-Day Lewis, modeled after D-Day from National Lampoon's Animal House. And he is sort of this uh, older college student who, um, you know, is, is went to the military, is on the GI Bill. So, um it's pretty cool. I, I like that they came up with their own stories and how they're going to fit in. I think Arlen's is going to be emerging more or less. Um, So it was good. We, they had a, for basically they had freshman orientation and the premise is that they're in this sleep in, in the gym, the basketball arena called the Roost. And it's a, this is like Texas in late August. It's hot and humid. The fans don't, I mean, the air conditioning doesn't work as great. And it's supposed to be a way to, you know, the whole idea of the sweat lodge. So the Ravens um, mascot is named after Fort Sam, after Fort Sam, after Sam Houston, who apparently was called the Raven by Native American tribes. And there's this whole affectation. Maybe it's cultural appropriation. Um, It is cultural appropriation, isn't it? The idea of the sweat lodge because of the Native American uh, uh, ritual of doing that. But in this case, it's freshman orientation. They meet a senior who tells them things that he thinks are words of wisdom, but it's just a bunch of a load of crap. Um, There's a party going on. But see, there's actually something nefarious going on in in the background. And the characters discovered what that was, which I thought was really good because the hints I thought were vague. Um, Thelma had an encounter with a ghost who gave them a hint and imparted upon Thelma, some sort of way to detect the nefarious thing, and they found it, and they did it, and uh, there is they they drove away and defeated the perpetrator of this nefarious deed. I'm being vague because what if you play degrees of hard? I don't want to give everything away. I mean, um, and some other monster grabbed the perpetrator and fled. And definitely Jason's character tried to stop him, but was stopped, not killed. No one was killed. I think people are only slightly injured. Um, They met an NPC that could be their mentor, uh, Dr. McClanahan, who is like a ghost hunter. Um, I am going to model him after Zach Baggins from, I can't remember the name of the show, but it's like a ghost hunter show. And Baggins, Zach Baggins is... Very very excitable um, he has a another uh, nPC is a, a research assistant named Jackson Green um, who is a very shy kind of kid, but maybe pretty smart who knows um, so that's what happened and that the and the, uh, the and basically and Thelma and jack they when they found the way to stop this nefarious thing from happening, they spent the time fixing it. Uh, for the most part. And we're very dedicated and focused on that. While D-Day dealt with the monsters, more or less. the Jack helped with the monsters, but then decided, Nah, I think I'm getting a little too overzealous. And then went to go help Thelma clean things up. So I thought it was pretty neat. Um, I gave them an advance. Which is like an a improvement upon their character. Because they did a good job of, suce- of figuring out the, what was going on and solving it. And... They also got another benefit because they went out of their way to clean up what looked like graffiti. And that was very, the, the custodial staff, um, they were very appreciative of, because that was a task that they had to they were tasked. That was a task that they were ordered to do and weren't able to finish it because of things that happened during the course of the adventure and the player characters or their characters finished the task, so now I think they have a you know like a like a friend uh, among the among the service and custodial staff, uh, often um, an overlooked aspect of college life or university life um, that know a lot of stuff and can get you into a lot of spaces, and you know are a good resource to have really. And good friends to have, if you're in a university situation, as you might know, right? Like I think you're always told. I was always told in college, be excellent to everyone, of course, but don't look down upon, right? the The people that are in the service industry to help you help make your life easier in college, right? The uh, custodial service, the maintenance staff, the uh, the cafeteria workers, right? So. So I think I'm trying to play that up because I tried to do that when I was in college. Um, And I think it's a good resource to have. So I'm sure I'm rambling on about this and I don't know where I'll put this or add this into RPG a day. That seems to be the most efficient course of action. But that's our first foray into ETU. Sorry for my waxing on and commentary. But uh, anyway, stay safe, have fun playing games, and I'll talk to you soon. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to RPG A Day 2021. It is August 17th, and today's prompt word is trap. So what does my ET recap have to do with trap? Well, and I provide the railroad for... Railroad sounds for Jason Connerly's benefit. Well, the adventure was an elaborate trap set up by the bad guys to screw over the characters. And maybe they knew it. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they're just going with it. But how do you. I don't want to talk about puzzles and tricks and traps. I've... We've talked about that already. But this idea of an elaborate trap to get the players where you want to go. Does that work? I mean, I guess it worked in this context because maybe I played up the humor. It was a required event that all the freshmen in the incoming class of twenty twenty five had to participate in, um, right? So, they kind of had to. It was the adventure. But how do you can you do that on in an ongoing adventure? I I don't know. I think players honestly are paranoid and skeptical and it's hard to pull one over on them uh Jules of life from nz talked about you know, that the year as a gm only gets gets one time when he can do this and this is actually also prompted by a movie i just watched it's a black death it's about circa 2010 2011 um takes place in i think england yeah it looks like england 1348 during the plague and it's got sean Bean spoiler he dies no surprise but he he leads a group of men who are pursuing this story right the plague is raging throughout um, england here killing everyone and there's this place beyond the swamp where no one has contracted the plague so of course being superstitious uh the society at the time believes that This is the work of the devil. So they send these... Basically, Sean Bean leads a a group of Templars, effectively. They work for the the church to try to solve this. Uh, They also recruit a a monk to act as a guide. And that monk is played by Eddie Redmayne. Another notable in that movie is the Irish actor John Lynch. So actually... the premise seems to me like it would be a pretty cool like Dark Ages Call of Cthulhu adventure. A, that, you know, there's this is happening. People are dying. I mean, they definitely show in this movie a lot of the piles of the dead. Monks and priests collecting the dead. They show a couple of these doctors with the plague mask, right? So they go and they're led. Oh, and I won't tell you all of the plot. Uh, there is a cool fight. Um, seen in it before they get to the town uh where it shows how competent these men are these you know they're, they're killers you know uh, much much above like bandits or or locals or whatever um they get to the town and that's where I feel like and you know you know something is weird you can tell something is weird in the town and it is it is it is a, basically a trap the townsfolk are trying to trap. These men for being here they don't like them for various reasons and uh they trap them they you know i don't think you'd be able to get away with that with players and players would right away and be like oh it's suspicious i think i think i was telling my wife while we were watching it oh i think this is where the players would start start attacking because <laughs> you notice know, it, it seems like it's obvious right that there's this town uh you you are all you know you as your company or members of the church, the church is dilapidated and no one goes there. Um, they just there's no bodies or anything around. It's just very suspicious. You find apparently we learned that there was another group who came through here and they hadn't returned. That's why the second bigger group was sent and we find evidence of the other group. Well, the evidence is like one of the people in the in the village is wearing like the the a chain from that group um so so you know something's up i mean i don't know do players roll with it do do players like preempt um yeah i, I don't know i guess i think that's boils down to like the trust between the two i talked about have i talked about that yet and i guess that brings me to my second recap cap I don't think I talked about my Warhammer fantasy second edition game that is being run by Kevin Madison. When we last left off, we were in a precarious trap. Um, We were being confronted by the Lord of the land and his men at arms and they, the Lord Baseless had captured them as bandits and hanged them. So my character not wanting to be caught, that's how I meet. Maybe I, project the way i played on my other players and that's why i would never be caught in the trap right well he doesn't run he attacks which was bad halberds are bad and warhammer fantasy rpg 2 and 3 and 4 and 1 are all pretty deadly so uh, but the whole scene was really part of the plot because when we were when it looked like things were bad and one character gotten taken down and actually had to permanently spend a fate point or he would have died, we we're rescued by these men from the forest who have bows and arrows and they fire upon the men at arms and the lord and they flee and we run to the forest. So, right. So that's and then so then we met that these people are kind of like. uh, these bandits in the woods that hate the system, um, hate the cruelty of the current Lord and are rebelling against them. We talked to the leader of this group who um, told us there was this barrow and that's maybe where these mutants came from that who had kidnapped this group of peasants from this land in the first place and taken them to Longju, the big city. And we also learned that we got to get to this barrow to find evidence maybe that the Lord might be involved, because right now it's circumstantial. And then we learned that the Lord, having taken offense to the intervention of these woodsmen, was now sending his men to score the woods and get up get us. So but that definitely that scene involved some trust because it was a trap and we had to buy into the GM's story, right? So maybe that's part of it and how you can involve or get the players to buy in and that's how maybe you can have these elaborate traps that draw your party in cause them some consternation but then of course you need to have a way out right there's got to be a way out that they can make a decision have some agency and get out right so I So right that's the thing you know that at every party that the players attend someone is going to be i'm not eating the food i'm not drinking the wine you know so how do you do it i guess that's a big dilemma anyway those are my thoughts on trap a couple of recaps that involved elaborate traps and we will talk to you tomorrow. That's RPG A Day 2021 with a prompt word trap.